TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's been a solid year for stocks so far. And though we've seen gains, they've been primarily concentrated into a handful of stocks, including a lot in the tech space. Today, we're talking about broadening the portfolio beyond those Wall Street darlings and diversifying. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is GAINS. All right, let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Also, check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Nice to be back, Andy. Thank you. Believe it or not, we're already uh, through the first month of the year practically, and so that's where I wanted to kind of start things off. Get your take on the trade so far in 2024. Well, you know, it's it's been you know hard not to like it so far. I mean, you've had pretty nice upward move in uh, most of the indices. Uh, small caps have been lagging a bit. Um, but uh, you know, S&P 500 has made a new all-time high. You've had the Dow Jones Industrial Average make a new all-time high. Uh, the move has been, you know, a bit concentrated again, going back to kind of what we saw for a lot of 2023, where the the, the gains are really concentrated in some of the biggest tech stocks. But we're also seeing a little bit of spreading out. I mean, that's not where all the action is. You can see some, you know, decent gains in and industrial type stocks, you can see some gains in consumer product stocks. So, um, while the, I, it'd be nice to see a, a more breadth in the market, particularly in you know small and mid caps. Uh, all in all, it's you know I, I think I think most investors have made some money this year, which is a good thing. Talking about that concentration, I mean it's really focused on a select few tech stocks. NVIDIA comes to mind. Those were the real drivers. Is there any concern that we aren't seeing a much wider participation, or is that just yet to come? Well, hopefully it's it's to come. I mean, we saw it in the last two months of, of 2023. Uh, you know, so far we haven't seen much of it. Uh, but again, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're not even through the first month or, or barely through, um, you know, the first month of the year. So uh, I, I, I think sometimes it gets over stated the importance that, boy, you know, when you have concentrated leadership, this market's not going to go anywhere. Um, I think it can. I think broader leadership and more breadth is ultimately better for the market and can sustain an upward move longer. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I I mean, I'm thinking opportunity, too. I mean, if if, you know, we've seen a move 
a concentrated move in in select tech stocks and and a couple of the high flyers right now. Maybe if you are optimistic about where we're headed, maybe a little more Russell two thousand exposure might be what the doctor ordered. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I wouldn't get nuts, but um, I think a little bit more exposure there would would make sense. And and interestingly, we'll, we'll get an interesting. We'll get some perspective on on that uh, attractiveness here probably over the next couple of weeks. Shoot, it might come as little as forty eight hours. I mean, this week yes. you're you're getting you know significant uh, earnings announcements from some some of these big tech companies. Uh, you know, Microsoft and and Alphabet reported after the end of uh, the market today, being Tuesday, um, and you'll see you know the Amazons of the world and. Uh, you know the the rest of some of those stocks here over the next few weeks, and see how the market responds uh, to those, and in turn, how does the market respond to some of those other areas? Again, you know it's interesting. You know, while a lot of the attention has given gone to those technology companies, you know there have been some smaller cap and industrial type companies. You know, some stocks that we follow, for example, that have come out with some pretty good earnings, and the stocks have responded accordingly. So. Yeah, I, I think getting back to your your original statement, um, you know, to broaden out a little bit, um, and, and maybe you know take a look at the some of the, the small cap and Russell 2000 and the S and P 400 mid cap type stocks, uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing. Now, you know, there is a reason why um, you know people look at these growth stocks. It's uh, you know partly is that is where the growth has been. I mean. You're going to continue to see double-digit earnings and revenue growth in a lot of those companies, and in a year when there's still suspicions that you know, while there may not be a recession this year, that economic growth will slow down. In periods where where growth is slowing, growth becomes a premium, and investors pay up for that growth, which does speak to you know continued gains in growth stocks. Furthermore, if you have lower inflation and lower interest rates, that also speaks to being more in favor of growth stocks. So, you know, I, I think I think small cap stocks, just given the the value there, have opportunity, but I wouldn't abandon growth stocks at this point either. We're talking about those growth stocks, I mean, they're now known as the Magnificent Seven. That's Apple, Microsoft, um, Google Parent Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta, and Tesla. So those have have just been the dominant players. And so we're getting earnings this week. So it is a really, really busy week, plus getting a little more data from the Fed. So as as we go through these earnings and then also the Fed in play, I mean, what what comes out of all of this, in the, you know, by the end of the week? And and then we got a jobs report, too, on top of it. A lot of data and, you know, it, and, and earnings. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as it's usually the case, how the market responds to the results is really what matters. I mean, the absolute numbers are fine, but to, to, to drill down on, you know, real expectations and whether the stocks meet expectations or not, it's how do these stocks hold up? And, it, you know, on any kind of weakness in the broad market, is there some follow through that halts that weakness in other words how quick are investors coming in to take advantage of declines and and we're going to you know we're going to get a sense of that uh over the next few weeks shoot we might get a sense of that on Wednesday and Thursday yeah. here and then um, and then follow it up with the big jobs report on Friday I mean, it's, right. it is a really and, big and, week and maybe this is uh the data points and then seeing the market reaction maybe this is all what we're we're looking for as far as clarity moving forward good yeah yeah and and I think the other the other 
issue to, to look at, and we we talk about it on ad nauseum on your show here, is you know what are the economically sensitive Dow Jones transportation average doing? And you know, uh, lest we forget, you know, without the Dow transports continuing to move higher, it, it is difficult for the broad market to sustain anything to the upside. And while the the Dow transports have been okay, they still haven't gotten above their their July previous July high. And and so, you know, if if uh you know if you're somebody bearish out there and you're clinging to kind of a bearish argument, the one the one thing you do have to cling to is that while you've seen the new, new all time highs in the Dow Industrials, you've seen new all time highs in the S P five hundred, you've seen a Nasdaq continue to do better, you still haven't gotten uh, you know, important highs in those Dow Jones transportation average. And, you know, until you do, that does cast a little bit of a pall over the market. Now, we're still well off the October low in the Dow transports, a low that, if taken out, would really start to get you thinking about maybe there is going to be a recession. But that low is around 13,556. You know, we're sitting now at about 15,000. 776, but to get to that 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 July high, you know, you're still looking at a, another almost thousand points on the Dow Transports. That's sixteen thousand six nine five point three two. Now we've talked about this a lot too, Andy, and the Dow Transports can put points on in a hurry. Um, so you know, I don't want to. I'm not writing them off, and I'm not writing the market off, but. And they are a bit is, of a lead, but those transports though are a little bit of a leading indicator. So. I, I can, can see be. the concern there. And then um, as far as just to recap, because, you know, we're talking levels here uh, and, and you're kind of getting around to the Dow theory, which we've we've talked about. Can you just lay out the levels? So uh, for the gains listener real quick, I know you've been following us over the years. We've taken down these levels. So can you just go through those key Dow theory levels that we're watching on both the highs and the lows for both the transports and the industrials. Yeah, so yeah. on the Dow Jones transportation average, the next significant high that you really would like to see the market eclipse is the July 28th high, and that's six. Uh, what is that? Sixteen thousand six nine five point three two. Sixteen thousand six nine five point three two. You'd like to see the market close above that. Um, uh, conversely, you do not want to see the market. The transports closed below their previous important low, which was the October 27th low of 13,556.87. That's 13,556.87. So, you know, there's a fairly wide range in there. Um, and, and you know, to be sure, the markets had a very nice rebound that the transports off of that October 27th low. It just It just hasn't gotten above that previous high. But those are the points to watch from a Dow transportation perspective. For the Dow Jones industrial perspective, the low that that you you certainly wouldn't want the the market to take out and the industrials to take out is again that that October low, uh, which is thirty two thousand four one seven point five nine thirty two thousand four one seven point five nine. In terms of the upside, there is no real point established yet because we've had a continuation of of new all-time highs. So that that level has not been established yet, which, um, you know, that will be established on the next significant correction in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but we just haven't gotten that yet. So, you know, if you're looking for a worst-case scenario from the Dow Industrials, 
that would be a move below that October 27th level. And if that move were accompanied by a, a move in the Dow Transports below their October 27th low, which is that number that I just previously gave you, that 13,000 number, that's a new bear market under the Dow Transports. So, um, you know, we, we, the market would have to really de decline significantly to, to, to kind of penetrate those two low points, those late October lows. Um, but there's nothing that says that the market can't meander around a little bit, especially if the Dow Transports continue to fail to go above their June highs. And so, you know, that's kind of where we potentially could be here. Although, again, you know, the, the setup for this market is still pretty bullish. I mean, when you look at you know, corporate profits are probably still okay. Inflation's coming down. Interest rates are going to be coming down. Um, those are pretty bullish. You've got, you know, roughly six to seven trillion dollars in money and market money markets. That's bullish because that's firepower that can come in and drive stock prices higher. Um, so, you know, I, there are some things to be positive about here. So, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and too negative on this market. Uh, but again, I would feel a little bit better if I saw the Dow transports continuing their trend to trend higher. Well, and the key is the Dow theory is still bullish here, and in a lot of opera and and throughout this bullishness with the Dow theory, when we have had pullbacks, it's been a great opportunity to pick up stuff on sale. But I all and and again, a, there's a lot of optimism, but it is key to have those levels to watch as well in case we do get some weakness then we can you know, at least see where we're at and, and definitely would make a correction if if those levels were tested and they were broken through. Then that would be a whole yep. different ballgame. But, but I'm there with you as far as the optimism, and I see the good things too. My only concern is, especially at the beginning of the year here and now talking to a lot of people, it seems like everybody is optimistic. And, you know, I'm a bit of a contrarian. And that's, I think, the biggest warning sign for me is it's hard to find somebody who's overly bearish right now. That's true. And and that's, you, know, you raise a good point. Now, we, we kind of measure, one of the tools we use to measure kind of investor sentiment, just of how ebullient investors are toward the market, is uh, looking at the percentage of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange that are trading above their 200-day moving average. And I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but basically what it says is, look, a stock's 200-day moving average is a, is a pretty good proxy for an equilibrium range. So if you have lots and lots of stocks, and I'll quantify lots and lots in a moment, but if you have lots and lots of stocks trading above that equilibrium level, reversion to the mean says at some point that's going to all retrace back to the, to the, to the equilibrium level. Now, uh, the percentage right now is around 67%, um, which is elevated, but it's still not into what we have higher risk area. I typically get nervous about a, a you know a significant market top developing when that when that percentage goes into the 80s. Um, so you know we're we're not there yet, um, but it does show a certain level of elevated bullishness out there that does bear watching for sure. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Chuck Carlson. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break with Chuck. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Check out the website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, um, want to shift over to the broadening you know, we talked about how there's been, you know, movement to the upside, kind of concentrated. We've talked about uh, the levels we're watching, maybe some potential downside if things fall apart. Let's talk about the broadening aspect of it. And that's where your UpsideStocks.com website and some of the offerings in it uh, come in handy. And I, I just want to pin you up for a couple picks from the upside uh, stocks.com website and you know something these are picks that w- you don't normally hear about they're 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 smaller companies or just not high the high profile names that you know is constantly talked about on CNBC so let's let's start with upsidestocks.com what do you got for us chuck give us something juicy sure. yeah and these are names that um are not uh, kind of, you know, the tech, the tech guys, and and if people are looking to kind of broaden their portfolios into industrial stocks, you know, we, we've had two that have reported, you know, pretty good results. One today, as a matter of fact, Oshkosh Corporation, symbol is O S K, stock trades for about one hundred and fourteen dollars a share. It just went to a new fifty-two week high uh, today. Uh, market capitalization is about seven point five billion, so it's it's clearly in that mid-cap space. Oshkosh. Um, is in uh, you know it it makes you know specialty trucks and equipment. It does um, trucks for agricultural. It does truck truck parts for the defense business. So it does give you a play in in, in the defense area. Uh, it provides parts for things like fire uh, fire equipment trucks and heavy duty rescue vehicles. So it's kind of a classic kind of economically sensitive play, but it it's it's coming out with some pretty solid results, and it's one that is not on the radar of a lot of people right now. And again, that's OSK, uh, Oshkosh. It trades for about $114 a share. Another one kind of in the same vein is a company called ITT Incorporated, symbol ITT. It trades for about $123 a share. 
Uh, that stock, too, went to a new 52-week high today. So there's some pretty nice momentum there. Uh, it's a company that has pretty consistently beaten earnings estimates. Uh, they do uh, special, specialty industrial machinery. So they focus on things such as motion to technologies, uh, industrial process, connect and control technologies. They make things like brake pads, shim shock absorbers for for transportation vehicles. They make uh, engineered connectors and products that are used in aerospace and defense. So it's kind of a uh, kind of an industrial conglomerate, if you will. And again, it's uh, market capitalization is about 10 billion. So it's it's still in that what we consider that mid cap space. And it's a name with some nice momentum, and it's uh, it flies under the radar, and it's also a non-tech stock. So, if you're if you're looking to kind of broaden out your portfolio, ITT in that in that mid-cap space is one we like a lot. Yeah, diversification is key, and you know, I encourage to look at some of these other offerings than just Starbucks and Amazon and Google, Alphabet, and Apple and Tesla. Uh, you know, it's interesting because. It, when you know when you follow all these financial shows, they're only talking about thirty to fifty different stocks that come up constantly, and it's it's just yeah, refreshing and, to have some of these other. Explain also kind of the added diversification and just added buzz these type of picks add to somebody's portfolio, especially when it's loaded with all the usuals. Yeah, I mean they're going to give you some exposure to to stocks in industries that a lot of people aren't looking at and they're going to give you some broadening if if in fact you do get some strength in small and mid-cap stocks these stocks um you know should take advantage of that so you know they i mean it's it's simply diversifying but diversifying still in an area where companies are, are putting up pretty good numbers and where i expect those numbers to to stay um to stay relevant so uh, you know it's it's always good i'm not saying that you know these stocks should should represent all your portfolio by any means these types of stocks but you know if you're sitting there and you've been making money on all the the mega cap stocks and and you're looking maybe to spread your bets out a little bit i think those are two names that that, that should work for you and then we you know we're talking beyond technology what other type of sectors do you see poise to you know earn the best position to make a move here i particularly like energy the dividends they throw off. I see the, the a lot of those stocks kind of cheap right now. My my big pick for the year, you know, I, I said this a month ago was Chevron. But what other areas? I mean, that was energy, and I like that. But what other areas of the market do you like? You think are poised here, and you know, even throw a couple names if you like. I think that area is fine. Um, you know, your your energy area. I you know they they, they still. You know, trying to figure out what's going on with energy prices. The one thing that's in, happening in that area, though, there's a fair amount of takeover activity. So you might, you might, you know, strike gold there with with buying a smaller company. Chevron's not going to get taken over, but no, they no. may take they may take over somebody. But you know, the one area too that that's been kind of a, a laggard area that that is probably worth taking a look at. You have some stocks that are starting moving pretty well in that is. Uh, is healthcare, and again, that's an area where you're seeing a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions, particularly in the biotech space. And one of the companies in that space that we like quite a bit is Vertex. V R T X is the symbol. The stock trades for about uh, 
$1,246 a share. I wouldn't let the per share price scary off. You can always buy just a few shares. You can buy fractional shares if you buy from some online entities. But it's a good company. They they um, have kind of a novel platform for developing drugs. They also have in uh, mid, mid-clinical stage, mid-phase, um, a, a very interesting drug, uh, a non-opioid uh, pain reliever. Oh, nice. And uh, they just announced some very good results, uh, uh, trial results on that, I think yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, um, you know, that's a stock that uh, seems to have a, lo- a lot of development momentum for it, and it's one that we do like. It's Vertex Pharmaceuticals, VRTX. Uh, do you like United Health Group, another, another big player in the space, UNH? We've talked about that in the past. Yeah, I do. I like it a lot. And now, now, you know that that's an area um, that you know has been has 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 been worked over a little bit. Um, you know, Humana kind of raised a giant red flag in that space when they talked about the problems that they're having in their Medicare Advantage plan, and that kind of hindered a lot of the companies, the insurance companies in that space. And United's United's down maybe about ten percent from its fifty-two week high, but history has shown that anytime that stock, you know, buckles 10%, it, you'd be smart to own it and just kind of sit on it because it typically does come back. Um, that's the Cadillac in the group, and I would have no problem. On, well, we like it, and our clients do own the stock. That's UNH. You know, artificial intelligence was all the buzz last year. And when I talked to a lot of people uh, at the end of the year making their forecast, they thought that AI trade would continue I kind of have this sense that that AI trade will eventually peter out. Um, I mean, AI is here. It's always been here. It's just we discovered it. The public discovered it in a big way a year and a half or two years ago. And, uh, you know, every company has you know tried to even made a connection to AI and say that they're an AI company. But uh do you think the AI thing is kind of played out now? You know, they always hype when these things come to surface, they always just hype all of this. And then, you know, people run out and invest in the companies. And yes, the AI has got a big future and that kind of thing. But I, I think that investors are, are the, the buzz is kind of wearing off. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And maybe is there another theme out there that's going to take its place? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right in a sense. You know, we had that initial euphoric, and now this year will be more of okay. Let's kind of see how this is translating into the company's abilities to monetize it, and to you know, are 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 they being able to you know move the needle, so to speak, in terms of profits and revenues? And that's uh, that's pre- pretty much what people are saying. I I still think there's there's value there. I think the market is going to see through some of the 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 companies that are masquerading as AI plays, um, and I think you know those companies are are probably you know it's game over for them. But I think you know the Microsofts and Alphabets and um, you know the Nvidia's of the world; those are companies that are still going to benefit from it. The Amazons with their Amazon Web Services. I you know in terms of a, a, a theme, uh, you know replacing that, I I I don't have one in mind, and that could be potentially a little bit of a headwind for the market that, you know, 2023 was kind of the year of AI and, and it certainly was a, a tailwind for, for the market, especially in those stocks. Um, 
you know, this year, if, if there's something that doesn't kind of capture investors' fancy, um, you know, such as AI, that I don't think it's going to put the, the kibosh on the market, but it will present a bit of a headwind if there isn't kind of another theme that, that replaces AI. Now, you know, it's very hard to predict those things, Andy, as you know, and a lot of times it, we don't know them until after the fact. So, again, there's still a lot of year left in 2024, and, you know, that if I guess, you know, it, it might be uh, a resurgence in, in mergers and acquisition activity um, that we just haven't seen. The, the, F, the regulatory environment really hasn't been conducive for that, uh, but potentially that's going to change, especially if we get closer to an election uh, and potentially a, a change in political leadership, which might loosen up uh, the merger and ac- uh, acquisition area. So, you know, that could be the surprise that happens in 2024 that would help the markets is that we get, you know, a reappraisal of valuations based on some, some merger and activity act, merger and acquisition activity that just simply didn't exist in 2023. And then to wrap up today's gains podcast, I did want to get your thoughts. We are in election year. Generally things do fairly well for stocks. Um, and then we often, once we get clarity on who wins things, almost always do very well for stocks. So I just wanted to talk about how you're playing, uh, you know, let's just call it the election trade. Yeah, I'm not playing it at all. And I think it's a fool's errand to try to play it, quite frankly. Uh, History has shown that there have been a lot of portfolios that have been trashed based on perceptions of who's going to win an election and what that means for the market. I mean, I can point to as many times that you know, a Republican in the in, in the in the Oval Office has been good, or a Republican in the Oval Office has been bad, and and the same for Democrats and who's controlling Congress and whatnot. The the biggest and real real one thing I wanted to throw there, and I've I've noticed this too. And in the past, the sectors that you think are, are, that everybody says is going to do really well once the next administration takes office, it's like the opposite happens. So I, I'm right there with you. I've, I've, I've seen that as well over the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. And, and so, you know, don't just don't do it. Um, you know, focus again, you know, on those three things, earnings, inflation and interest rates, and don't factor in, you know, what you think is going to happen. And, and, and people do it all the time. And it kind of drives me nuts, quite frankly, because it just doesn't work. It and, does and in fact, I mean, we work. have a, a business show, the Noon Business Hour. I'm always looking at, oh, well, you know, what stocks will do good if Biden gets elected? What stocks will do well if Trump gets elected? And a lot of times they, they don't even pan to, to fruition, even if, if you're the candidate you think is going to win wins. That doesn't necessarily happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. You just kind of treat it as a non-factor and focus on the stuff that you normally focus on. Absolutely. That's, that's what we do, and that's what I would recommend. And then final takeaway for today's GAINS podcast. Uh, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, but uh, a pretty good start to the year, a ton of data, and, 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 and we're getting some points this week that can give us a little clarity. And uh, I guess the other takeaway here is, uh, you know, don't put too much into uh, – the, you know, the presidential election as far as picking stocks. But final takeaway from all the stuff we've talked about today. Yeah, again, the the uh, the canary in the cold mine is oftentimes the Dow Jones transportation average. So, you know, if you're watching one index and one index only, watch what the transports do. And, uh, you know, let's see if they go above that July high, that number that I gave you. And, 
And if they continue to kind of meander here and, and trend lower, uh, that isn't necessarily the death knell for the market, but it'll make a sustained upward move in the broad market that much more difficult to do without help from the Dow transports. So, you know, keep an eye on those. And, and again, you, we're the only people that ever talk about an answer. You're not going to hear it from anybody else, but it works. Trust me, it works um, to follow what they're doing. And uh, so investors should do that accordingly. Well, I'm getting uh, emails and letters from folks that uh, are glad that we're talking about it. And it is information that's not discussed in, in too many places. So big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services. And you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck is out of Hammond, Indiana. And also check out his book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. Okay, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.